All right, Exodus 19. We'll look at the first 15 verses tonight of Exodus 19. And we are getting close to Exodus 20. In Exodus 20, uh, God is going to give the Ten Commandments to Moses and to the Israelite people. And so uh, we're working our way up to a, to a big event that is about to take place. And God is preparing Moses and preparing the people for what is about to take place in these verses that we are going to read tonight. So, we'll pray, and then we will jump in. So let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you that we can sing these, these, these new songs to you, dear Lord. And I pray that you would help the words to jump off the page to us, that we get it, dear Lord. Not just when we're singing new songs, but anytime we sing, God, or hear your word, that we understand that these are songs of worship to you. So help us to see what the words are, God, so that we can... Praise you through these songs that we sing. I thank you for Jennings and for Macy for leading us. And I, God, we just, we just thank you for letting that be a blessing to us. And I pray that in these next few minutes, just that you would help us to see what's going on in your word and help us to see how you are preparing your people for this great event that's about to take place. But God, also help us to see ways that maybe you are preparing us, that maybe there are some some of these things that, that maybe apply to our life in some way, dear Lord, the same as they uh, did to your children back then. So I pray that you just would hide me behind the cross and let the Holy Spirit speak through me tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Verse 1. In the third month, on the same day of the month that the Israelites had left the land of Egypt, they entered the wilderness of Sinai. Now, this this is been a little bit of time. It tells us here in the third month on the first day of the month. So they had been away from uh, Egypt at this point for a little while. They had been going through. They had crossed the Red Sea. And they had fought the Amalekites. Uh, Moses was rejoined with his wife and, and sons and his father-in-law as we saw. Uh, and now they're moving on a little further on their journey. And here it says that they are in the third month of their journey. So they're, they've been going at this for a little while. In verse 2, after they departed from Rephidim, they entered the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness, and Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Moses went up the mountain to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, This is what you must say to the, to the house of Jacob, and explain to the Israelites. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to me. Now God is reminding the people of what took place here. Uh, he, Moses goes on to the mountain to meet with the Lord, and God says, Look, remind the people what all has taken place. Remind them how I made them soar on wings like eagles. We may remember that passage from Isaiah. Some of you may have read it before. And the idea of strength is what we see there when we think about an eagle. When we see an eagle soar, they do so so effortlessly so effortlessly, and God had been there to deliver his people Israel through all these different things that had taken place, and they had done so as if they were like soaring eagles or soaring on wings of eagles. And God, says Moses, remind the people of what I have done for them. Now, we won't go back and talk about all the things, but just think back over the last couple of months as we've been looking at the book of Exodus. All of the things that the Israelites had gone through, all of the things that they had seen God do, and God is just issuing a reminder through Moses. We do the same thing. We oftentimes come to church or come to Sunday school, 
And we are, we are uh, reminded of stories maybe that we have read before. Maybe sometimes they're introduced to us for the first time. But that's why we come, right? Because we want to learn the things maybe that we have never heard as well as be reminded of the things that we have heard or have been taught. We need to be refreshed. In verse 5, Now if you will listen to me and carefully keep my covenant, you will be my own possession out of all the peoples, although all the earth is mine. Now, God is telling Moses here that he is going to make a covenant with the people, but they have to be obedient to what God is telling them or what God is about to tell them. Now, we get kind of a glimpse of that covenant. If you want to turn to Deuteronomy, you can. Uh, if not, I'll flip there right quick and I'll read it to you. We get kind of a, a little little short snippet of, of good explanation of what this covenant entails uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. Look, today I set before you a blessing and a curse. There will be a blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God I am giving you today. And a curse if you do not obey the commands of the Lord your God and you turn aside from the path I command you today by following other gods you have not known. Now those few verses there kind of sum up what this covenant was that God was making with the people. He said, look, I want to bless you, I want to take care of you, but you must obey me. You must follow my commands, and if you do what I tell you to do, God was telling the people that you will be taken care of. But God says, if you don't do what I'm calling you to do, if you turn to other gods, and it says in Deuteronomy, that you have not known. Now, keep in mind that God had just told Moses to remind the people all the things that they had done. That was to recall to their mind that this is a God that they have known. It's not some crazy God that they've never seen or heard of. No, they knew God. They knew God firsthand because he had been with them. They had seen him at work. Uh, they had seen him do these mighty, miraculous acts. And so uh, when Yahweh was speaking to the Israelites uh, through Moses here, he is saying, look, I am a God you know. I'm not a God you have to wonder about. I'm not a God that you have to wonder Am I listening? Do I care? Am I strong enough to save you? God says, remind them that I have delivered them through everything that they have, they have been through, and they are a God that, he is a God that they know. And we kind of see that in those verses in Deuteronomy. So God says, look, as long as you follow my commands and are obedient to me and trust me and follow me, I will bless you. But if you don't follow me and if you seek other gods, those gods who have not been with you, those gods who have not delivered you, those gods who will do nothing for you, God says, if you follow those gods, you will be cursed. Now, God gives these words to Moses for the Israelites. And if you read through the rest of the Old Testament, you will see that there were some who were obedient, but there were many who were disobedient. We see the Israelites go through many hard times and it's because they turned to many false gods because they didn't listen to the words of God. Now this was a conditional covenant. Sometimes God gives unconditional covenants. That is, there is nothing required to the one he is making the covenant with. For instance, when God made the covenant with Abraham that he was going to bless his offspring, that was an unconditional covenant. There was nothing that Abraham had to do there for that to take place. God was going to do it. Here in this instance, God is making a conditional covenant. 
saying, look, as long as you are obedient and trust me and follow me, then I'm going to take care of you. But when you abandon me and begin to follow other gods, then bad things are going to happen. <clears throat> verse 6. Well, at the end of verse 5 also, I think an important thing to note is he says, all the, uh, although all the people, uh, or excuse me, all the earth is mine. Now, obviously Israel was God's chosen people, but God has not forgotten about the rest of the earth. Praise the Lord, because if we look back through our genealogies, we may find that maybe we don't have any Israelite blood by birth, and if God is making promises to the Israelites or, 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 or singling them out, then we may be in bad shape. But praise the Lord through Jesus Christ uh, that forgiveness of sins and grace is not just for God's chosen people and the Israelites, but for all who would come to grace in Jesus Christ. Now, I do believe that Israel does hold a special place in God's heart, and that's a, a highly de debated topic as to what place Israel holds nowadays. Uh, but, but I do believe that there is something special about Israel. I can't help but believe that based on all the scripture I see. I just can't help but believe that there's still something special about Israel. And even though Israel was God's first and God's chosen, and I believe something special to God still today, God has not forgotten about the rest of the earth, you and I. Verse 6, And you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are the words that you are to say to the Israelites. So God says, look, if you follow my covenant, he, he goes on to say that uh, they will be a kingdom of priests. Now, that's an interesting uh, interesting term to use there. Uh, but God is telling them, look, if you are obedient to me, if you follow my commands, then, then good things are going to happen. If you just follow me, I will bless you and I will take care of you. Now, I believe to some extent that, that, that promise, those words are still true to us today. It does not mean, let's not misunderstand what it's saying there, it does not mean that we will never face difficult times. It does not mean that everything will always be easy. But I do believe that God is with us, and I do believe that God blesses us, and I do believe that God helps us to get through those tough times. I also believe that there are times that we turn our back on God, or we are disobedient to God, and we sin in ways that God tells us not to, and I believe we face the consequences for those things sometimes as well. So I think to some extent these words are just as true to us today as they were to the Israelites back then, maybe in a little different context, but I think we can still get some application there just the same. So Moses is supposed to tell these things that we just talked about to the Israelites. He's, he's the messenger of God, and he is to inform the Israelites of these things so that they know. In verse 7, After Moses came back, he summoned the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. Then all the people responded together, We will do all the Lord has spoken. So Moses brought the people's words back to the Lord. Now the people were very receptive here, as they should have been. Think about the things that they had seen, the way that God had delivered them, the way that Moses had been a good and faithful leader to them. Moses comes back, tells them the word that God had, had spoken to him, and the people say, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to be obedient to God. We're going to listen to what he has to say. We're not going to depart uh, from his, his path. We're not going to turn to any other gods. Everything is going to be good. Now, we may be so hasty to say that too. We may have said that. God, I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm going to stay on the straight and narrow. I know you've been good to me. I don't doubt your power. I don't doubt how you've delivered me, God. I am going to serve you, and I'm going to be obedient. 
And then, just like the Israelites, sometimes we are not. In the moment, we may be excited about serving the Lord, genuinely so. There may be a joy there uh, that the Holy Spirit puts in us, and we may do well for a while in serving God, but the enemy is always at work. And we cannot forget that if we're a Christian, is that the enemy never stops. He will never stop. He always is going to be trying to get you off track. Now, the way we fight that is if we are in the Word, if we are in prayer, if we are uh, encouraging one another and, and, and taking care of one another and, and being there for one another, and we're just genuinely seeking the Lord and praying to Him and seeking His strength and putting on the full armor of God, if we are, uh, if we are persistent in doing those things, then, then we are in, in a good shape to fight against the devil. It's when we let our guard down and we begin to slack a little bit. Maybe our prayer life begins to, to kind of fall off. We don't read God's Word very much. We're not praying for God to give us the strength or the wisdom to make the decisions that we need to make. And all of a sudden, we lose, we, we lose our, 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 I hate to say faith there. We don't, we're just not as strong in our faith as we should be. We give the devil a foothold uh, to get in and cause problems in our life. And the Israelites were on fire for God at this point because God had just done a mighty work in their life. And sometimes we're on fire for God for a season, and we've got to stay on guard because the devil will try to take us out of that season where we are on fire for the Lord and try to get us to a season where we are seeking some other God or some other source of comfort and strength, just like the Israelites did. Verse 9, The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear when I speak with you and will always believe you. Then Moses reported the people's words to the Lord. And the Lord told Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. They must wash their clothes. Now, he says the word consecrate there. He means to set apart. God is wanting his people to be set apart, to be different from the rest of the people. He is wanting his people to be made clean. And God gives the instruction there, tell them to wash their clothes. Uh, now we think, well, that's kind of a silly thing, but that's, a, uh, that's a symbolic in showing us what God desires as he desires for us to be made clean. If they are going to get even remotely close, if they are going to be uh, set apart from the rest of the nations and get even remotely close to the presence of God here as he is about to come down upon the mountain, God says they need to get themselves ready. Moses says, uh, or God tells Moses, get the people ready, consecrate them, help them to be set apart, uh, to be ready for this experience that they are about to encounter. So this was a serious situation. This, this idea of, of washed clothes uh, is, is similar, at least in my mind, it, it instantly reminds me of Revelation, where we see the church, I believe it's Sardis, where it talks about uh, some have stained their clothes, and their clothes need to be clean, they need to be as white as snow. There's still kind of a, a, a in, in, in my mind, I see a connection there, that idea of, of cleanliness, and uh, it's, it's, it's symbolized here with their clothes, but it's, it means something much different, much deeper than just simply washing their clothes. I don't think that God was merely uh, concerned about them wearing dirty clothes, 
but he was concerned about their soul. He, he wanted them to be made clean entirely. And so uh, in some ways, I think that this is somewhat symbolic, but, but very literal. Jesus, I mean, uh, God here was telling them that they needed to oh, actually wash their clothes to be prepared to uh, encounter what was about to take place. Verse 11 and be prepared on or, and be prepared by the third day for on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people put boundaries for the people all around the mountain and say be careful that you don't go up on the mountain or touch its base anyone who touches the mountain will be put to death no hand may touch him Instead, he will be stoned or shot with arrows. No animal or man will live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they may go up the mountain. Then Moses came down from the mountain to the people and consecrated them, and they washed their clothes. He said to the people, Be prepared by the third day. Do not have sexual relations with women. So Moses comes down to relay this next part of the message. We kind of see uh, a few trips back and forth. Moses goes up and talks to God back and forth to the people. And he comes down and he does exactly what God has commanded him to do. He gets the people ready. He consecrates them. Uh, they wash their clothes. They are, they are getting ready for three days. And on the third day, God is going to descend upon the mountain. Now, God gave Moses very strict instructions here. Not only were the people not allowed to go up on the mountain with Moses in the presence of God, but they also couldn't even go any further than the base of the mountain. God said, put boundaries up around the edge of the mountain and tell the people they can't go past those boundaries. Even consecrated, even set apart, as good as Moses could do, as the best he could do as their leader, he still could not get them to a place to where they would be, uh, to a point that they would be... Uh, ready to go before the Lord's presence. They would not be in a spot where they could stand before the Lord because they were still sinful people. And God said, set up boundaries around the mountain. And the, and the penalty for crossing the boundary was death. This was a serious situation. This was a serious thing. God says, if anybody even touches the base of the mountain, they are to die. But don't even touch that person who has touched the mountain. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. Now, this was very strict instructions. There was the boundary there. And while God was there on the mountain, the people couldn't go to God. There had to be one who would go and intercede on their behalf. There was one who would take the message and go back and forth for them. And that one, in this case, was Moses. And I can't help but see this as a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. That is that God desires to be with us and desires for our well-being but in our sinful state, no matter how clean our clothes may be, whether we use gain or tide or anything else, uh, uh, in our sinfulness, we cannot go before God. Now, we don't meet God on a mountain, but there will be a day that we will stand before God in judgment. And no matter how clean our clothes may be or how clean we think we may have lived in this life, we won't be able to stand before God for all eternity in our sinfulness. We have to be made clean, not by our clothes, but by Jesus Christ. That boundary that separates us from God is sin. There's a boundary that is there, and we have one that intercedes for us, or has interceded for us, in Jesus Christ. He is the one who cleanses us in a way that we need to be cleansed, not just our clothes, but our souls. 
He forgives our sins. He removes that boundary that is between us and God. That sinfulness that once separated us from God, Jesus tore that boundary down when he died on the cross for us. And it's through Jesus that he will intercede on our behalf before the Father. It's with Jesus that we can interact with the Father. We don't have to have one to go uh, to God on our behalf. You don't have to come to a preacher or a priest to go to God. We have a direct connection to God through Jesus Christ. Those boundaries have been torn down when Jesus died on the cross. We now can go directly to God. We see, that, we see that played out with Jesus in his death on the cross when at his death the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. The holy of holies where only the high priest could go and make sacrifice for the people. Jesus had made the best sacrifice that there could ever be. There could never be another sacrifice better nor would there ever have to be another sacrifice. There was never be a place where only the high priest could go, but because of Jesus Christ, because of the Holy Spirit that indwells in us, we now have a connection to God. Before, we were no better than the Israelites. We had a God who would desire to be with us, but our sinfulness separated us from God. And there may be some in here that our sinfulness now uh, may be separating us from God. There's that boundary there, and there's no way for us to get over that boundary of sin. The, the fence is too tall. We can never find a way around. There's no secret entrance. And the only entrance is with Jesus Christ. And He is the one who controls the door. He is the one that controls the boundary. He is the gatekeeper. And it is through Jesus Christ that we enter into God's presence. It's through Jesus Christ that all the boundaries have been removed. It's through Jesus Christ that God's desire to have a relationship with us is carried out because Jesus has been the one to pay the price for us. And I can't help but see that foreshadowing as we see this, uh, these, these, these words here and as we see God acting uh, with the Israelites and giving them, them in, their instructions. He is about to give them commands in the next uh, few chapters as we read that it's impossible for them to carry out fully. It's impossible for us to carry out fully, but it wasn't impossible for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If there's sin in your life, if there's something there that's just hindering your relationship with God, if you don't have a relationship with God because of that sin, Jesus will tear those boundaries down, and he already has. And God desires to have a relationship with you, and it's through Jesus Christ that we have that. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for these words, and I pray that you would just help us to see uh, your, mighty <clears throat> your mighty power and how you worked through your people then uh, and, and, and your care for them, dear Lord, and how you desired for them to be uh, clean from evil, God, that you desired for them not to, to give in to evil, but, God, that you wanted them to remain clean, that you wanted them to be obedient, dear Lord. It wasn't just a list of rules that you gave them just for the, the fun of it, God, but you gave them uh, instructions that were going to be for their well-being that was going to keep them safe and out of harm's way. And, God... Uh, you give us many words in your in your book that 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 are for our well being that are advice for us that are instruction for us to keep us from making bad decisions to keep us from doing wrong, dear Lord. And so I pray that you would help us to to heed those warnings, uh, just as you warned your people here and gave them clear instructions, God. So you give us clear instruction through your word, and I pray that you would help us to listen to that instruction, God. We thank you for removing the barriers that were between. 
us and you, dear Lord, that sinfulness that kept us from coming to your presence, dear Lord. We thank you for Jesus Christ for taking those barriers down, for destroying those boundaries, God, for giving us open access to you so that we can come to you, God, so that we can have a direct relationship with you. And we thank you for that blessing. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.